Well, okay, uh, everybody. Thank you for joining us here at the Flashpoint Podcast. My name is Owen Higgins. I am your host, as always. Uh, today, we're going to be doing kind of a more casual thing. We did this last week, uh, I think, on Tuesday as well, where just kind of a casual, you know, you guys can call in kind of whenever you want. Uh, we'll just talk about whatever kind of comes up. I, I, I think I have, like, on the on the agenda, talking about this uh, preposterous little Jimmy Dore um, run for president. Uh, you know, there's there's the uh, ongoing attacks on uh, LGBTQI plus uh, Americans that are going on here uh, during during Pride. Uh, you know, and 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 there's 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 some other stuff we can talk about too. Some Supreme Court uh, rulings, like the main um, ruling that. Basically makes it so that uh, I, I, if I have this exactly correct, uh, so that um, uh, the state can give money uh, to these religious uh, schools and institutions, which you know is is kind of like breaking down the uh, the division between church and state. Uh, there's also the January 6th commission and Julian Assange uh, being threatened with uh, deportation to the U.S., where he's almost certain to be uh, tortured and uh, treated terribly. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I think I think we'll probably start with Dor. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just to start with that, because uh, for those of you who don't know, at one point it did seem like I was going to be writing something. Uh, on the People's Party and Nick Branya, who are uh, the people who are uh, kind of promoting this door run for president. Now, I mean, we we should really just state out front here that they're completely unserious. Uh, There's no actual way that that this is ever going to happen. Um, But uh, but they're trying to do it, I think, so that they can get some some attention um, so that they can get some people like paying attention to them so that they can, uh, you know, get more donations. I'm not even really sure like what the point of them is at this point, other than to kind of just uh, keep, keep uh, Nick Branya in the news and to, and to, uh, to get, uh, you know this this uh, this sense of uh, it, it, it's kind of hard to explain. Uh, Branya kind of runs the thing like it's a uh, cult, for lack of a better word, and I really don't know like a better way to say this other than to kind of uh, put it into that kind of context. So l- let's let's talk about the People's Party a little bit here. So this was formed in the wake of the Bernie 2016 campaign. After that, uh, after, after he lost to Hillary Clinton, uh, Sanders' supporters were, were pretty demoralized, as you would expect. Uh, and they were kind of looking around uh, for some stuff to do. Now, I interviewed um, one of these people, one of the people who was there in the beginning of the people's party and what he told me is that they had this kind of like open slack uh this open group where they were all kind of talking or maybe it was a group chat or something anyway they were all talking about different ways that they continue to be active that they could continue to be uh you know do some progressive electoralism uh people were casting around for different things to do and uh Branya somehow made his way into this chat and told them that Bernie had, uh, and, and back up just a little bit. Bernie's experience on the campaign to this point had been that he was very briefly, I think for a couple of weeks, he was a paid staffer. And then after that, he was demoted to volunteer. Um, and he was one of thousands of people, uh, in, in this situation. Now, uh, uh, Branya then allegedly, uh, came into this chat and was like, look, you know, um, uh, Bernie came out to me personally. Uh, he told me that he wanted uh, he wanted me to form a a party, a third party, using. Um, I see in the chat somebody say Brana, not Branya. Um, 
I, okay, I'll go with Brana. I the, the person who I was talking to uh, pronounced it Branya, but uh, whichever one it is, doesn't really matter. Um, so he, he said that he had been talked to uh, about this. Um, I'm just going to read from the draft. This is a draft. So I was r- going to write this uh, for The Intercept with Ryan Grimm. Uh, it ended up uh, that we realized that these people have no power and that they're kind of a joke and that there were other more interesting things for us both to write about. Um, but we did have we did have a pretty sizable draft, so I'll read from some of it. Um, so after the Sanders lost in the Democratic presidential campaign to Hillary Clinton, a group of volunteers started a chat room to figure out next steps. Brana was brought into the chat after allegedly telling members about an exciting new development. Bernie Sanders had taken Brana, an intern on the 2016 run, whose task it was to lobby superdelegates to support the Vermont senator aside in the waning days of that campaign and tasked him specifically with creating a third party. Uh, they got really excited, Stephen Scapoliti, an attorney who was involved with MPP during its early days, said of the rest of the chat room's members. Uh, he, however, was skeptical, saying, quote, it's highly unlikely that anybody is ever going to start from a national level and hit all 50 states. is a huge amount of money. Um, he went on to say that the organization volunteers were focused on one thing and one thing only, and that was to draft Bernie into a third party. A few months later, after they had been doing this for a while, someone on the steering committee, without my knowledge, filed papers with the state of Michigan uh, to change it from being a 501c4 to a 527. Uh, as a 527, it could be a PAC, a super PAC, a political party, etc. cetera. Uh, but it, and this, it was formed this way in Michigan, but it was, was not a political party. So he, he kind of had some uh, skepticism towards what exactly the point of this party was, um, to this day, you know, this is back in 2016, right? That he's having these doubts. 2017, uh, now in 2022, I think now they have uh, now they have ballot access in one state, uh, so they haven't exactly been uh, working overtime to get on the ballot anywhere. Uh, and now they're saying that they want to bring on Jimmy Dore as president. And to a certain extent, this makes sense because Dore at this point uh, is just you know just a, a, a conservative light. Uh, media personality. I mean, he's he's a hardcore anti-vaxxer. Uh, he platforms and and extols the virtues of working with far right groups like the Boogaloo Boys. Um, I, you know, I, I don't really know like what I, I know that he's been referred to as a dissident leftist by people that don't really understand what leftism is. But um, I, I don't really understand like what about him could possibly be seen uh, as leftist or progressive at this point, or even really liberal. I mean, he is just basically a conservative. Um, and again, I, I welcome you guys to call in if you agree or disagree with any questions or comments about this. But um, now they're saying that they want Dorr to run uh, for president uh, in 2024, saying that he actually has a chance. He does not, um, especially not under their party where he, you know, would they would have to get 50 state ballot access. I mean, Scavalini was like explaining to me what this would take. Uh, and it, it's just such a massive list, uh, lift, sorry, of, of financing, uh, legal uh, work, uh, like the, the amount of coordination organization you'd have to have. Anyone who's familiar with People's Party at this point knows that uh, it, it acts as, as basically like a, a, a little almost like a, like a table that, that Branya sits at the top of and uh, it, it kind of delivers dictates when he's not avoiding um, scandals around his sexual harassment of, of other staffers. So um, it, it's, it's quite hard to see how, how this is a serious attempt, but, you know, uh, Dor is certainly uh, inviting the, the joy of that. Um, and, uh, in, inviting the attention, going on Tucker Carlson, etc. Uh, I see, I see uh, Brian in the chat explaining five hundred one c four. Brian, if you want to jump on the call um, in queue behind Michael to kind of explain that, that'd be perfect. So I am going to take Michael first. Um, Michael, welcome back to the show. You are on. Michael, just hit the unmute there, buddy. Perfect. Michael, oh, there we go. Okay. Um, so what I was going to say is like, just in general, everything's just been about scamming people out of money. 
right? Like this campaign, it, you, I'm sure you remember during the 2020 primaries, you had like 500 million different Democrats running. And clearly a shitload of them did not think that they actually were going to win the nomination. It was just what easy way to raise money, whether it be for your own like lower level campaign or just for just to scam people out of money in general than to just like announce you're running for president. And I think it's just the same thing with, with the door candidacy is what better way to just get money either for people's party or just selfishly for themselves than to announce they're running for president. I mean, I think that's part of, I mean, I think that um, certainly uh, in the democratic race in 2020 was relatively wide open. I think a lot of those people thought that they could either uh, make it or at least secure a cabinet spot. Sure. I mean, uh, but again, when you have like that many people, yes, it, I mean, it is. Yeah. Like, like obviously I would say Maul Harris was delusional enough to think she would win, but like you had people like uh, John Delaney and like Michael Bennett, like who the fuck thought Michael Bennett was going to win a prime? It, it was so stupid. And it just like, I don't know. It just, it feels like these days, it's all about just building a fan base and making money and, it, and not just in politics, but just like you have it with the crypto shit. Um, and you have it in terms of just like running any sort of like media personality. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. And I think that is like what, um, what we're seeing from, from door and Brana here is, is that they are just trying to, you know, just do like whatever they can to get attention and to, kind of amp themselves up uh, uh, and, and, and uh, increase their profile. Certainly, certainly agree with that. Um, so uh, my friend Brian is here, um, and he is going to kind of explain the 501c4, 527 difference here that I kind of mangled. So thanks, Brian. Yeah, no problem, Owen. So uh, basically, a 527 is, is a formal political party kind of thing. So the Democratic National Committee, the Republican National Committee, um, and sort of their subsidiary organs that you're going to be familiar with, like the DCCC, the the House side Democratic campaign, and the DSCC, the Senate side, they're all 527 organizations. So there's the formal political party, and those all fall underneath the, the 527 portion of, of the tax code. 501c4s are a type of of the the chapter 501c refers specifically to all kinds of um, tax exempt uh, nonprofits. So 501c3s are the charitable ones where your donations to them are also you can write off on your taxes as a deduction. A 501c4 is um, a form of sort of social and and uh, it's a I don't remember the exact term for it, but it's like a social welfare nonprofit. It's it's allowed to engage in sort of direct organizing work, but it has to be kept at arm's length from the formal campaign. In the specific case of the People's Party, it was originally like the a movement. I think it was Movement for People's Party, and it was intended to start working towards building a third-party alternative, and that's why they were organized as a C4. And so, it, it it like them switching over to 527, you know, jumped the gun. Like I would very, very, very much agree with Michael on this. This is about grifting more than anything else. Like. Dor is a failed stand-up comedian, and he knows how to fucking secure a market niche. You know, for a period of time, there was a market niche to sort of, like, left-leaning Bernie Kratz and, like, disaffected folks. You could make a lot of money off of those people, but then after the pandemic, the real money was in, in the right and catering to sort of the far right specifically, so he has very deliberately and intentionally, you know, occupied that niche with somebody like fucker Carlson, right? Like, cause Carlson was in like a Buckley eye kind of, you know, snooty aristocratic conservative. And, and now he's turned into an absolutely shrieking fascist. So I mean, it is, it's, it is it's interesting, right. That like these guys seem to have like no consistent politics, no, <laughs> no actual principled beliefs. It's just whatever will get them attention at that very moment. They're making money. I mean, it's it, at the end of the day, it's it's about the money. They don't. The attention is nice, but 
you know, Doors got himself a very expensive house in, in California. And Lord knows, like, Carlson, Carlson descends, like, from, like, I think Swanson, like the, the frozen food folks. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and he's also related to Nellie Bowles, um, uh, the wife of Barry Weiss. And both of them descend from like one of the big land barons in California too. So like, these are all old money folks. And, and this is just a great way for, for them to make money. Otherwise. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty disgusting considering what they're saying and what they're doing and, and the consequences of, of the disinformation that they're, pu- they're pumping out on a regular basis. You know, it just, it just sucks. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. And I think that, I mean, you're right, this is, uh, you and Michael are both right, that this is just another, um, you know, especially specifically, uh, this is uh, the, this People's Party, uh, Jimmy Dore thing, is, is a very specific attempt at, uh, at at just making money off of off of this political moment and 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 not really believing in anything that they say. I mean, that's why you know you see um, you see Dor, for example, picking up like anti-trans talking points from Carlson and then kind of regurgitating them to his audience with his kind of faux progressive spin. It doesn't. I mean, you can kind of extrapolate from that what exactly this campaign is going to look like, right? Yeah. And there's a question real quick heavy from quotes, Corn heavy Pops. Campaign, but yeah, yeah. There's a question real quick from, from Corn Pops in, in the chat about what the money Bernie received from his 2020 run came from. And Anonymous just dropped the link. Usually what ends up happening with these kinds of like losing presidential campaigns is that they've got cash on hand. They're allowed to roll it into another campaign committee. So Beto, for instance, rolled his money into his gubernatorial campaign. I would be shocked if Sanders didn't do something similar um, into his senatorial reelection campaign because he has to keep that running. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it probably went to wages and severances and all this other stuff for for campaign staff. Yeah, I mean, certainly, like, he kept them, uh, I think he kept them paid through the end of the year, right? Or he at least gave them benefits through the end of the year. <laughs> through recall. election, I think. If I recall yeah. correctly, it was, it, was, it was through election day. Through the election. All right, well, uh, well thanks, Brian, and stick around, because we're probably going to need to um, hit you up for your expertise uh, again as we continue No, no problem. Um, All right. Cool. So, uh, so Julia, we will uh, we'll take you. Uh, just go ahead and unmute yourself down there in the bottom right, and go ahead. Uh, so it's Julio. Um, Julio, but, uh, I'm sorry. That's fine. I'm, I'm so sorry. Sorry about that. It's okay. Your name's Eowyn? Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I just, so I called in just to pick your brain a little bit. Um, you said something that made me a little curious. What do you mean by Jimmy Dore isn't a liberal or you don't think he can be considered one? I, I have a hard time with that. Yeah, well, I just kind of look at his his politics. And I, I, I mean, other than... Uh, a very narrow uh, stated desire for single payer health care, um, you know, despite the fact that he endorsed uh, a raving crypto fascist uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who during the 2020 campaign, who did not have a universal health care uh, uh, plank in his platform. I, I'm, I'm just kind of curious as to like what positions he has that could possibly be considered left. I mean, uh, the guy is uh, seems to be pretty hard right on just about every single issue. Um, you could you could maybe make an argument that he is uh, anti-war, but I would say that it's similar to Ron Paul. It's in the same kind of uh, narrow alley uh, that they're more interested in anti-war for particularly right-wing reasons rather than having anything to do with um, anti-imperialism or or morality. Um, I, like, I don't know. I mean, can, can, can you maybe give me a couple of positions that he has that you consider, like, to the left? Okay, uh, let's do away with the notion of the left and the right. I really was just asking you about liberalism because it didn't seem to me like you understand the difference between liberalism, the way it's used colloquially, um, and liberalism, the political and social ideology that our entire uh, society is built on. Because I would consider the Democrats liberal, I would consider the Republicans a liberal party, and I would consider uh, most Americans liberal subjects. That is, uh, liberalism uh, 
as understood as a political ideology, what we mean when we call someone liberal. Um, yeah, what, meaning, but, what, but uh, what do we mean when we call somebody liberal? I mean, this is, I guess this is kind well, of like, this is, like because the, the definition that you're giving is not the commonly accepted definition, right? No, like, no, as far, it, as far no, as no, no. Disco- as far as the discourse, like this is a very academic definition that you're giving. I think when we're just kind of having a conversation about politics, it's pretty well understood that when we talk about liberal, we're talking about a particular uh, political sensibility that has maybe like I, maybe I, maybe it's a little more cultural and maybe more social social liberalism uh, than you know this this like I mean like you're talking about philosophy, right? Like we're trying to talk about politics here. I think everybody knows what I meant. Um, but where does but, politics but I guess, come I guess out if of? You want, if, if you want to define it that way, then uh, yeah, okay, sure. Um, but but why would you define it that way? I don't really understand. Like what? I, I just I, the question that I'm trying to well, what I'm trying to really get at is is I think you're you're mixing up a lot of terms. You're mixing up uh, your understanding of liberalism with the left when liberalism is regularly attacked by quote unquote the left and the right. Um, and so I, I don't know if it's really useful uh, if we don't agree on our terms. So I was just pointing that out. I mean, I do think that politics comes out of political philosophy, as do all the hard sciences and a lot of the arts. Right. And so um, it's just about understanding the terms we're using. Um, I, sure, I think I that being too. against that, mandates. Yeah. Well, I think, for instance, Jimmy Dore's being against mandates um, you know, preferring the like bodily autonomy, the right to individual autonomy, what, what is a is can be construed as liberalism. And I would do I would say that um, the term isn't that useful. The term isn't that useful if you, you're literally using it in the same sentence interchangeably for the left. I would just I'm not trying to be a pedant. I really am trying to understand uh, where we're getting at. And I do hear a lot of people mixing terms and throwing things around and sometimes i get confused as to what people mean yeah i can't i I guess it can be kind of confusing um yeah i I think that you know usually when you're talking about uh politics in kind of a more casual space like this this is just to kind of uh, help your understanding here uh usually when people say liberal they mean just kind of generally uh just slightly left of center um and really you know in, in in and you could talk about like what left of center would mean in different countries, uh, what it would mean in like a perfect philosophical world where there isn't a perfect political center. But I think that it's kind of clear that in this case, uh, we are talking about the political, uh, the slightly left of political center uh, in the United States of America as it exists at this very moment, not as it exists, uh, you know, like we're not talking about the the philosophy going back, you know, 200 plus years. Um, we're, we're, we're using, we're using the definition in its more modern term. Does that help to kind of explain how this term is being used? As long as, as long as you tell me how you're using it, I I can understand it and that's fine. Um, the follow-up that I would have is like, okay, so if colloquially to you that it means to the left of center in the United States, well, then my question for you, just so I can better understand because everybody's different. Who who do you pin? Where or how? Where would you put your finger on as the left of center, or or as the center in the U.S.? What would you say is can be fairly called the center? And then how? What would you put, for example, to like the center left and the center right of that? Just so I can get a sense of where your center is, because it might not be where mine is. Right. I think I think that in this case, uh, what we're doing is we are kind of defining the center as the dividing point between. Uh, the two major parties, right? The Democrats and the Republicans. Um, and I think that... So the that Democrats case, are... So, so I think... So, if, if, if you just let me finish here. Uh, so I think that, you know, to kind of look at it that way, in, in this colloquial way, again, this is shorthand, right? Well, like, like I, don't, I don't really have time uh, to go through the, 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 the ins and outs and details of every uh, single... Uh, political position. I think that I think they t- to say generally uh, that that Dora is not a liberal is to say generally uh, that he is uh, not somebody who is who is left of center. And I think that honestly, um, and 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 I don't think that you're trying to do this because I think that you are just a little confused. But I think that um, a lot of the time when people kind of make this kind of argument, what they're trying to do is they're trying to muddy the waters a little bit. They're trying to make it so that it's a little difficult to kind of get at the actual meat of the issues and the policy 
And so when you say something about somebody that they may like, like Jimmy Dore, you're like, hey, you know, I think I think he's uh, well to the right. Rather than to actually engage with what that means, um, it becomes like a conversation about, you know, uh, uh, how like how we're defining these terms in the first place. When when I think that I think everybody kind of gets that. You know what I mean? I, I, I hear what you're saying. I do disagree that I think everybody kind of gets it. I do think that a lot of people have their um, own thoughts and ideas about where the center lies. And that that's it has to do with a lot of the disagreement and why we're having conversations about it. I don't think we need to be pedantic. And I definitely don't think we need to uh, worry about academic philosophy. But first, uh, I do think that we need to have a educational foundation. And I think that you know, it's good for us to talk to each other about how we're using words just so that we can truly understand each other and where they're coming from and what they mean. Um, Absolutely. I do. Uh, We're going to go to Brian uh, now. Uh, So, uh, Brian, I I don't know if you had something to say about that or if or if you were thinking about a different different topic here. No, just just was going to like I would I would say, you know, I, I and I get what Julio was saying. I would basically define the Democrats as the center. Like they are, they are not like, if you take a look at sort of popular opinion and poll issue polling for the most part, like the Democrats very much firmly occupy the center. They aren't particularly interested or respectful. They tolerate a couple of lefties, but don't want to give them power. And, and, and basically will punish anybody who strays too far, uh, particularly on issues of national security and criminal justice. Um, but for the most part, I would say the Democrats occupy the center. And, and I think Julio's point's well taken, like, because there are liberal Republicans in the sense of, like, okay, this is philosophically, they still adhere to the notion of electoral democracy and this, that, and the other thing, although they've become an, increasing, uh, an, inc- an increasingly rare breed, you know, like, it's basically just like vulgar, vulgar exercise of power on the right. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, um, I guess, I guess I just think that after a while it becomes kind of, a, a more of a, more of a, more of a discussion about, um, like whether or not we are like talking about, I mean, the thing is if we're talking about like, see, this is, this is what I, this is, I think this is what, like we're now mm-hmm. completely off topic, right? Now, exactly. Instead of, instead of talking about, um, uh, in, instead of talking about Dor and and his his specific politics, now we're in like this kind of uh, cyclical uh, conversation about what mm-hmm. a you know what this uh, politics even looks like. When I think that I think that you know at a certain point you just have to kind of use a shorthand, like you like you just mm-hmm. have, and you just have to uh, assume that most people like that duck behind you understand. Like what we're what we're talking about. Here. Um, that's a crow. That's a crow, that's a crow. Actually. Oh, that's good luck, though. That's good luck. Um, so uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's take let's take Derek here. Uh, Derek, go ahead. Derek, just go ahead and unmute yourself down there in the bottom right. Kill the duck. That's cool. That that duck had to go. So I understand. Um, yeah, th- these are strange takes i'm hearing in my opinion it i mean if if i think of uh well first of all i'm a i'm an independent if if i think of uh jimmy Dore, i i think of someone that's made it very clear that he's uh against the militarization of our civilian police forces he's against the privatization of our prisons he's against police brutality he's in favor of police reform uh, he's against never-ending increases to military spending. He's against perpetual warfare. He's against censorship. You know, I mean, on and on and on. Do I really need to go through all of this? Is Are, are some people so ridiculously addicted to these skewed opinions coming from fake-as-fuck, supposedly progressive Democrats that they're unwilling to acknowledge reality? There's nothing right about that guy. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. He doesn't support right-wing policies. He never has. It's absolutely absurd. Not not to sound all angry about it. I don't have some emotional investment in Jimmy Dore, but I mean, holy fuck. 
Yeah, you, you, so, yeah, so, you so, got to so acknowledge at some point reality and, yeah. and so you get think, honest you think, about things. You you think that that is that is progressive to uh, to support working with far right militia groups like the Boogaloo Boys. I just, I just want to work with them, though. That's completely dishonest and ridiculous. No, 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 no. I, I'm sorry. That's is actually that what, true. No, is that no, what, he, is like, that what the endorsed, ridiculous sellouts that TYT had he, to say? And now you just like regurgitate that shit, yo? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't work with them. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll just go on from Derek uh, to Michael. Go ahead, Michael. Okay, so I'll just say that I can understand why some people might be like a little apprehensive to to like just jumping to calling door conservative. But I'll just say this as right, like there's obviously there's the recent movement for increased unionization, and one thing that people should pay attention to is what's going to happen once the right wing like media apparatus. Uh, shifts its focus to starting to attack those unionization efforts, right? Is Dor going to remain supportive of those unionization efforts, or is he going to start looking for excuses to, say, just, like, villainize uh, Christian Smalls, right? Like, that will be the tell. Is is he going to go along with whatever the right-wing uh, media – ecosystems targets are or is he going to stay firm in supporting unions which is a core part of being a leftist let's be clear yeah i mean i i think that like to me um you know i'm i'm I, it's it's hard to like hypothesize like what somebody might do in the future about something that you know that hasn't happened yet um but i think that you know if 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 you are uh, platforming and endorsing working uh, with far-right militias like the Boogaloo Boys, uh, which, again, I have to say, uh, is what he said uh, that he wanted to do uh, on his show. Like, I don't really understand, like, how you can say that somebody like that uh, is is a friend to the left. Somebody who goes on to, you know, Tucker Carlson's show uh, to basically endorse everything that Carlson is saying to not push back on it. Um, and uh, I mean, the, like at a certain point, the, uh, and to embrace the kind of the anti-vax, uh, uh, arguments that, that have been made, like at a certain point, like you have to like, look at who they're associating with and look beyond like, just like the occasional, like left-wing, uh, rhetoric that they're, that they're, uh, that they're using. I mean, it, it just doesn't really like make sense to say that this guy is a, uh, a leftist or a progressive. And just one, one other thing before we go to anonymous, I just want to say, um, uh, I don't watch or, uh, listen to, uh, TYT. I know that there is like a very weird little, like, um, uh, like super online brain where there's this idea that like, um, that you can't possibly like oppose door or these other, uh, right wing figures, unless you're like, part of some like weird uh cabal or something that like starts with tyt and somehow like makes its way out there um i i i'm not part of that thing i don't really know what it is um i also you know don't i mean again like i don't i don't watch or listen to door either really so i don't so i'm not really like up on his paranoia so maybe this is like kind of a part of that but uh i would just say that like if you if you have disagreements with what I'm saying, like that's totally fine. I'm 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 totally down to uh, to disagree about it. But if it like spirals off into these weird conspiracies, uh, I think that's 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 probably going to be the end of the conversation uh, between us. Um, so we'll take the uh, we'll take the next one here, uh, anonymous. Go ahead. Hey, uh, so just to tee up what I want to say, I don't care about Jimmy Dore. I don't listen to Jimmy Dore. I don't have anything to say about Jimmy Dore, but regarding the Dems, uh, previously we were talking about how are they center, are they center-left. I mean, I kind of agree with uh, Noam Chomsky when he says they're actually center-right, especially as currently constituated, or at least since uh, the Reagan Revolution up until probably just maybe this year or last year. Uh, you know, they're, they may be socially left, but they're definitely conservative, fiscally conservative, militarily uh, conservative. Um, and only because of recent pressure from, you know, the Bernie campaign onwards uh, to, you know, the, um, you know, burgeoning union movement, uh, they've been pushed slightly left on these issues, whereas 
they would still be, you know, when you look at uh, support for uh, military intervention, et cetera, they're right. And uh, there was another commenter who talked about um, how the media mm. is going to uh, respond to the union movement. I uh, put it in the comments, a Sky News reporter talking to uh, someone who's representing picketers uh, for the British rail system, where she's trying to goad him into talking about what will be the consequences for people who cross the picket line, basically implying that there's going to be violence. And he very deftly uh, diffuses and ridicules what, what she's trying to say. He's like, what are you talking about? We're going to stop the picketer or stop them from crossing the picket line by asking them not to cross the picket line. Your entire reasoning is completely uh, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And that's something we don't see in American media. We kind of see people go along with the media narrative when the reporter asks the question the person being asked kind of knows what to say. Anyway, that's my two yeah. cents. Well, I think I think there's there's also um, an interesting Chomsky quote that I've been thinking about a lot recently, um, where uh, I can't remember who he's. I think he might be on with Jon Snow um, on on BBC, and basically, like the the, the conversation kind of goes like um, Snow or which who, whoever the interviewer is asks him, you know what, you know why do you think that. Um, Something the general effect of like, why do you think that, you know, a, a people would be like, like nobody like asked me what my political views were uh, before I got this job. Something of that general effect. And Chomsky says, well, you wouldn't be like, you wouldn't be here if you didn't have those views. And I, that's I, the way that I feel about not only that, but also like, like people who are going to go on to shows like Carlson's are not going to be invited on uh, if they if they have like some kind of like leftist views or uh, if they're if they're going to challenge him, right? Like that's just not going to happen. Yeah, I think um, so it, it's kind of automatic. Sorry, go 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 ahead. Agreed that your views are deeply held. However, you wouldn't be sitting in that chair if you didn't hold them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and and, and I think that that's like a good kind of uh, like like baseline understanding of how like all of this media stuff works. Whether it's whether it's like you know the the, the ghouls on MSNBC or the ghouls on Fox, like it's the same thing. And like, one like, one well. tangent on Noam Chomsky, because uh, to, just to give me myself a little bit of intellectual distance between me and him, he has this obsession with the doomsday clock from the Union of Concerned Scientists and saying we're, you know, minutes away from doomsday. Uh, you know, this is some kind of Cold War framework that he's living in. Uh, I'm not saying that the threat of nuclear violence is not real. However, we have uh, other issues that are uh, you know, climate change, et cetera, that, uh, you know, don't require a doomsday clock. We just have to look outside. Anyway, that's that's all I have to say. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you for that. Uh, so it's Aaron. Well, let's welcome Aaron. Aaron, how's it going, man? Hey, what's up, Owen? Uh, I just uh, I just wanted to, like, I don't know if you guys um, have talked about this when you're talking about, um, like, Jimmy Dore. And um, I don't want to make it just about him, but, uh, you know, like, I think that, people should recognize there's a difference between um, anti-establishment sentiments and um, I guess being on the left. I mean, you know, I could be snobby about an ideologically partisan and say, you know, being a Marxist, but it's not even about that. It's more about understanding that it's not just about hating people in power and for right reasons. Right. But it's also understanding that, yeah, there are people on the right that also that are also anti-establishment. Right. And um, I don't think that you can really be truly kind of on the left and advocate for left wing positions if you're willing to collaborate or even entertain people who are diametrically opposed to that project. Right. The only sort of commonality that you think you have is because, you know, you hate the elites. Right. And I mean, I mean, we know this is the case with like, you know, Trump voters and Trump himself who talked about draining the swamp and. I mean, there are like reasons for that, you know, like deindustrialization. And I mean, just like sort of just the social and political and economic ebbs and flows, you know, for the past 30, 40 years. Not that I'm condoning a lot of these like hateful sentiments and bigoted sentiments, but it's really easy to kind of appeal to people like that with sort of this idea of, uh, you know, there are these people in Washington who we need to get out, you know, and on the left, we understand that, but it goes a little bit deeper than just that, right? There are, like, material circumstances at force, right, that give rise to all of these, like, issues. And I think that someone like Jimmy Dore or, 
this kind of idea about allying with, you know, with fascists, it, it seems like, like appealing, I guess, because people want to say, well, there are tons of people in this country that are upset, but they're not going to get on board with everything that you're concerned about. But I mean, to me, some of those things, quote, concerned about are non-starters, like trans rights, for example, right? You know, these certain, certain things are like non-starters. And it's like trying to build a project with people that I guess are, I mean, I don't know, man, it's difficult, you know, because I also don't want to shut anybody out, but I also like think that people should understand this project is collective in, in the true sense of the word, you know, and um, just collaborating with people on the right like that. I mean, people who are explicitly fascist, explicitly like reactionary. I mean, what do you think is going to happen if they build their ideal world, you know? What do you think they're going to do to people like you? You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's just what I want to mean to ramble. That's what I want to say. Like that difference between anti-establishment sentiment and actually approaching the world from a materialist kind of perspective where you analyze the material reality and the power and resources and contestation over these things, you know, and class relations and power relations. You know, it's about more than just like these rich, powerful guys. You know, we need to get rid of them, you know? Yeah, I think. I mean, just to stay with you for, here for a second. I mean, I think I think that that's a good point because, and and that is to me like what him, you know, like do, like playing footsie with at the like at this the most charitable uh, mm-hmm. uh, interpretation of it uh, with these um, with these far right uh, these 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 far right people in these militias and stuff who who are like actively actively interested in in having a uh a a like a white power yeah uh government that will re- that will rise out of like this race war basically this race civil war <laughs> literally and, that's what the boogaloo is the boogaloo is the race war that's what it means <laughs> right right and and like and 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 Dora has him on and says you know he has some good ideas and then like you know kind of belatedly uh uh says oh i didn't i didn't really know like what was going on and like meanwhile like he's going on uh Tucker Carlson uh, meanwhile, he's entertaining these like you know extreme uh, anti-vax uh, positions, which which are like now 100 um, uh, percent like like a part of the far right project. Um, yeah. Like you know like like you can kind of dress that up any way that you want. Like that's the reality. Sorry. And so I think that when you are in a position like that, and and you are somebody who is a public figure, uh, to then like pretend that like that's not like that, that, that he's not a right wing figure is just not a serious thing to say. It's just not serious. And, uh, you know, Dora said some weird, uh, anti-gay, anti-trans stuff, uh, in the past. And, uh, I think that, I, I, I mean, he, I think it's pretty clear that the minute that, uh, like that, that, that he would be willing to throw, uh, people in that community under the bus in a second. And so, oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, too, you know, like, because, um, again, I've never, like, you know, I've never, like, um, I've never listened to Jimmy Dore's show, and I don't really, I mean, I don't really know. I've just seen, like, little stuff on my timeline and people talking about stuff. But what I will say is, like, I mean, frankly, it's either one of two things, right? On the one hand, there are people like him who, right, and I don't want to know what camp he's in, but people who are, I mean, they're grifters, right? I mean, like, we could be frank about that, right? Like, people are doing it for the attention and they're trying to drag it as many people possible into these ideas. He also, there are people who are sincere about it. Right. And sure. Also grifting. But I think what they think is that, look, like I said earlier, there are masses of people in this country who might not be on board with this, like woke, like politically correct. Like, you know what I mean? And I have criticisms like sometimes of the left, right. In terms of like actually being able to appeal to regular ass people, but it's this sort of like this white working class, right. It's something that I remember even liberals were throwing this at Bernie, right? That, oh, he just, and, and Trump as well, obviously for good reason, but it's like, okay, dude, but you, if you want to build a, like a, a, a multiracial working class movement, like I hate to say, it cause liberals say this, but you have to have these difficult conversations about the intersection of race and class, you know? And like, I don't have the answers for that, but you can't be willing to throw people under the bus because you're not willing to have that conversation or you don't think that people can understand like solidarity is what it is right like if you're if you're actual leftist like your project should be solidarity right it shouldn't just be like kind of like like sort of trying to um how can i say like uh, kind of solidify this anti-establishment sentiment into this sort of messy like sort of like i mean 
cross political. Like, I don't know. It gets, it's, that's a little bit too tricky and insidious for me. You know, the way to connect with people is through solidarity, right? Like, I don't think it necessarily just has to be like, yo, you hate these guys too, right? But what do we all have in common, you know? And even across these differences, like, how can we come to understand each other? And yeah. I don't think he's, he's, I don't think he's trying to embark on that project, you know? I think people should probably take a step back and, like, kind of realize that this guy, like, you're not in it for making money, man, and in it for himself, you know what I mean? And if that's what you want to do, that's fine, but you don't need to defend him either, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And just and, and, and just to say, like, you know, uh, to uh, to jump on what you were saying there as well, like, um, if, if, you're, if your political project, like, requires that in order to uh, reach people that you weren't reaching before, uh, you have to throw uh, people already in your coalition or other or other people in other communities under the bus, then um, then your political project is in solidarity. And, you know, I don't know what it is, but you're right. But it's not it's not left. And yeah. and so for, you know, a lot of these defenses that I'm hearing here for uh, of, of door, I mean, notably, notably, uh, they, they, they're pretty low on substance. Right. They're, they're pretty thin yeah. on that. Um, yeah. Basically, what they are is, uh, you know, he 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 says that he says this. Um, and it's like, well, yeah, like he says other things too. And if you look at his actions, they show very, very clearly that he's not interested in solidarity and that he's not interested in basically anything like you were saying, other than his own self-advancement. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, again, you know, last thing I'll say is, man, dude, I, I, I'm a content creator myself. Right. Um, and, and I think about people like Jimmy Dore or Nomiki Konst and, you know, people coming to the defense, you know, I just want to ask people like, you know, I create content and I know that's what I do. And I'm not saying that that isn't important to people. But at the end of the day, I mean, there are tons of people that you've never even heard of, like organizers and people in the street, regular everyday ass people who are actually putting in the fucking work. You know what I mean? So, like, maybe we shouldn't put too much stock, even though I do think we need a robust, independent media sphere. And I hesitate to use left because I wouldn't really classify Jimmy Dore as a leftist. But sure, whatever. Like, I mean, you know, you it's about what people are actually doing. Right. It's not about what Nomiki Kansa said online or what Jimmy Dore said in the stream, you know, and especially if you're going to look at his words, then you should look at how they contradict one another, you know, at different times for convenience or whatever's sake. So that's all I want to say. You know, it's like I think it's time for people to kind of get a little bit serious, you know, and take this seriously instead of uh, developing these kind of parasocial relationships with people that they like listening to, you know, or watching. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Aaron. Uh, so let, let's uh, let's take Dane as the next caller. Dane, uh, go ahead. Hello, Owen. Thank you for taking my call and uh, thank you for putting on the show here. Um, I um, don't have much to say in the way of Jimmy Dore himself, but more broadly on the subject of grifters, I just wanted to get something off my chest concerning what could be considered the Model T of um, grifters in the post or rather the late neoliberal order and that would be hillary clinton um she obviously recently had that little uh uh well not little extended diatribe over quail eggs in, in that news periodical that everyone's going over talking about how there are certain uh constituencies in the democratic party that need to be kind of cast off allowed to flounder out, out in the ocean somewhere for the sake of electability and for as she calls it the preservation of democracy um I, never mind the fact that obviously when she says preservation of democracy she means the the retention of the vested financial interests that she is uh, accustomed to being on the take from and leaving the sources of power that she sort of orbits unmolested for the time being but but for the pitch for the rest of the populace you know the importance of democracy is the protection and and the sort of uh, advocation of interests within society that would otherwise be ignored or you know even worse found under you know the boot of some sort of oppressive system System of governance. I mean, if her pitch to people is that you need to place certain marginalized constituencies under the boot of governments in order to protect democracy, I'm wondering how she thinks that either people within those constituencies or people who are allied with those constituencies should feel about, you know, the 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 worth, the the utility of democracy as opposed to authoritarianism if it's producing the exact same outcomes in either instance. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I, I mean, I know you're you're referring to this Financial Times interview that she did, um, in which she essentially says that she's willing to throw anybody under the bus who uh, she doesn't see as helpful to uh, winning 
the presidency for Democrats again in 2024. Uh, I mean, you know, like, like there's a, there's, there's, there's a lot that could be said about Hillary Clinton, none of it good. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that what she's, what she's saying in this case is just essentially, uh, the conventional wisdom, uh, for, uh, for Democrats, uh, you know, not so coincidentally, uh, conventional wisdom for, uh, some other groups that kind of present themselves as maybe kind of more anti, uh, anti-establishment and contrarian. I think that, uh, it is it is interesting that she's saying this now in this way uh, because I am pretty sure uh, that she is going to run in twenty four, especially if uh, <laughs> especially if, if Biden doesn't. Um, and I have a couple reasons to think that that I can't uh, really get into, but um, I, I I would be I would be pretty sure that that's what she's going to do. And I think that uh, also, you know. Clinton is kind of like a, a good bellwether for the the right wing of the Democratic Party, um, the kind of the the the, the right wing politics that she and her husband have kind of always represented. And if she's saying that kind of stuff, uh, it probably means that they're uh, about to kind of uh, dispense with even pretending to care about. Uh, the interests of certain marginalized communities, and I think that that's what's what's about to happen. It's it's kind of amusing to kind of hear her her say it in like in a way it's kind of amusing because of the the way that she and her her team not only you know uh, used this kind of stuff uh, very cynically I think against uh, Sanders in 2016 and kind of set the stage for that's how he was going to be treated. Uh, in 2020 and, and people on the left were going to be treated, uh, beyond. And so like, and, and by the way, like in, in that respect, like I can sympathize with some people on the left who, who are kind of like, who, who find this stuff, uh, somewhat tedious. Uh, but again, I would just kind of point back to what Aaron and I were talking about, uh, on like the, the importance of solidarity, uh, within communities, uh, that, that are not necessarily your own or not necessarily white. Uh, so, but I think that you know, I, I think that Hillary Clinton saying this basically means that she's, you know, that she's she's reading uh, Taibbi and, and and Greenwald and stuff, and she agrees with them uh, on this stuff. Uh, not not on not on maybe like the the broader politics stuff, but but at least on this on this issue. And then what it really means is that um, that 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 little dig at them aside. But what it really means is that uh, it, the, the kind of politics that she wants to promote that she wants to push forward are are going to be kind of like interested in kind of throwing a lot of these constituencies under the bus that by the way uh were a large part of the reason why biden won so it's an interesting and uh very stupid thing uh for her to say but that's probably what we're going to be looking at uh as as we head to uh 2024 and the democrats especially if biden uh doesn't run but even if he does uh, because basically he, he's he's not really uh, calling the shots and determining like how this campaign is going to be run, right? Like the DNC is going to going to call the shots on that one. So, uh, like I think that that's that's probably we're probably looking down the barrel at that. Sure, yeah, and that makes sense. And I'm actually all in favor of her primarying Biden while he's seeking re-election, if only because that's one of the funnier of conceivable near futures. And if nothing can be good, at least it can be funny. I, I just kind of find it interesting as, as a pretext for defense, defense of democracy. I understand from a purely cynical sort of, uh, 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 quarter counting perspective, why it's advantageous to throw marginalized groups under the bus for the sake of, you know, profit maximization, making certain people disposable, things of that nature. But, but in the context of like saying you need to do it for defending democracy, I find that to be very interesting and very short sighted simply because the entire point in, in the, the minds of, I, I gather most people in this country is, the purpose and point of democracy is to, to defend such groups and make sure that that cannot happen to them, that their interests can be advocated for. So, so it seems to be a very contradictory statement and one, obviously, that she's 
as you said, uh, uh, garnering from many a Thomas Friedman column concerning defund the police and things of that nature, rather than anything that, you know, examines the inherent contradictions or, or the lack of ends meeting at the middle. But uh, I'll, I'll let you go now, Owen. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Dane. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's just, you know, that that's that's uh, that level of cynicism is is certainly not unique uh, to Clinton, uh, but it is certainly a a uh, a Clinton uh, personal quality, I guess we could call it that. Um, Brian, uh, back for more. What's up? Yeah. So talking. So so the worst part about that Clinton interview is that it isn't even winning politics on her part. And we have a, a, a direct example from North Carolina, where I live, where, where attacks on trans people, sort of the, the, the first blow struck against trans rights in the past couple of years in sort of this most recent period, started in North Carolina with HB2. Um, it was known as the bathroom bill. It was more than just that. Like there was a ton of other shit attached to it that was anti-worker as well as being anti-trans. And basically what ended up happening is Roy Cooper, the now current governor, ran against the incumbent, Pat McCrory, and and basically just kept hammering him on on HB2 and saying, look, these people like his party is 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 is, is, is like the bathroom bill is nuts. It's cost North Carolina a ton of money as far as you know, companies moving to the area, as well as like something that is sacrosanct in the state, which is uh, college basketball tournaments. Um, and so Cooper basically ran on that, won a narrow election um, that McCrory ultimately tried to steal at the last moment and wasn't successful. And, and, and then basically afterwards repealed the law that didn't actually repeal it, just remove the egregious anti-trans animus from the law so that they could get the all the development and everything and, and the basketball tournaments back in the state. But on, on Clinton's part, like, shoving trans people under the fucking bus doesn't actually win. It doesn't. Like, North Carolina is, is very, I would argue, is a purple-red state. You know, we've got several municipalities that are left-leaning, and like Charlotte, Durham, Asheville in some cases. But for the most part, like it has been pretty fucking dire for a decade in here because the the right took power in 2010 and then cemented their hold in, in 2012 with uh, an absolutely brutal gerrymander. So the idea that you can you can basically just screw over trans people and and people of color and black folks and in, in service of defense democracy to reach out to people who who aren't going to fucking ever meet you halfway. Like, why would you go for an adulterated version of bigotry when you can get the, the unadulterated, uncut, cask strength stuff from the Republicans? Like, it, it is, like, it is, it, like, just, the fact that she is taken seriously at all as a politician, considering the fact that she's literally never won an election outside of New York State, and even in New York State, like her last re-election to the Senate, she, she spent more money on, on that campaign than just about any other Senate race up till that point, and just, like beat the, the Republican candidate by, like I think, 10 percentage points. And the guy doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry. Like that's how un- that's how irrelevant the motherfucker was, and he still pulled forty percent of the vote. Yeah, that was so Lazio, the fact- I think, right? No, it wasn't Lazio. Lazio was like huge, uh, huge, huge feedback coming from behind. Right Sorry, that's probably leaf blowers. But yeah, that covers it basically. It's it's shit politics, shit people. Like in all seriousness, I hope to God, like like if she's. I, I would ra- I, I would rather Kamala Harris run than fucking Clinton at this point. Like you get the same horrid spectacle, but at least it would be something novel. It'd be nice to see their supporters going at each at it with each other for sure. Um, just uh, t- two two very toxic uh, uh, groups there. Um, so we're, uh, we're we're coming close to the end here. Uh, we're going to take Brady and then. Um, I think we'll I think we'll wrap. This has been a, a really great conversation, guys. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Brady, go ahead. 
Yeah, I'm left-handed. My hair spirals to the left. I have a functional right hemisphere, and I love Jimmy Dore. You know, he's not perfect, but he's a he's a great option. Not a big fan of the people part people's party either, but you know, um, I think we can do better as far as candidates. I would like to see Dr. Cornell West and Jesse Ventura on a ticket together as Dr. Cornell West is president, Je- Jesse Ventura is vice president. That's just me personally, and that's all I got. I'll let you uh, wrap it up. All right. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, thanks for that, Brady. Um, so thanks, everybody, uh, for uh, for joining us. This was an interesting and uh, uh, energetic conversation, I think, um, on uh, I think I, th- I think we kind of used uh, door uh, doors uh, like basically non-existent, uh, really, if, if we're being honest, um, 2024 run as as a good kind of stand-in to have a lot of more interesting conversations about solidarity and politics and, and the left. And um, so I think that, I think that going forward, we'll probably uh, keep, keep trying to do that. Keep trying to, you know, pick a theme or two and then, and then kind of uh, talk about things uh, with, within that frame. Um, I'd also uh, think that we're probably going to continue to do these call-in shows, uh, these these kind of open line shows on Tuesdays. Uh, so hopefully next Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, we'll be doing another one. Uh, so just a little housekeeping here. If you're listening live or on the app, please be sure to subscribe and follow uh, so that you can get updated when we go live and so that you can uh, join in and participate. Uh, if you're listening uh, on replay on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts where we're syndicated, uh, please be sure to rate and like us. And then also, uh, you know, consider getting the app where so that you can uh, join in the conversation as well. So thanks, everybody, uh, for talking. We'll be back on Thursday with an interview. Uh, we'll talk to you then. Thanks. Bye.